Dad Jeff Burnham. We are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today's topic is Son of Frankenstein. 1933? 1939. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you remember why we're doing this one? Because there's like a series of podcasts hosted by Phantom Dark Dave's podcast. Yeah, pretty close. Pretty good. Not bad. This is part of the Universal Sequel Sequelathon series, which was put together by Phantom Dark Dave, as Al, you pointed out rightly. Yes. And he invited us to be a part of it. Six podcasts all reviewing different Universal Monsters sequels. We are the fourth. No, fourth in the series, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Let me make sure about that. Yes, we are the fourth. (laughs) Immediately before us was uh, Terrible Terror doing Creature Walks Among Us. Before uh, Terrible Terror was B-Movie Bros doing The Invisible Woman. And the whole thing started off with Dave's Pop Culture Podcast along with Jenny and Angry Dad reviewing She-Wolf of London. So That we did watch. We did watch that, absolutely. So, we're the fourth in the series. At the end of the episode, we'll send you along to the next in the series. Um, And there are two more. And we're just happy to be a part of it. Especially because we get to review a movie that I like a lot. That we'd seen before. And, you know, that we had a lot of fun rewatching for this episode. Yeah. So, Son of Frankenstein. Yeah. What's going on in it? So, the Son of Frankenstein... His wife and his son are on a train going to the town Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. It's called Frankenstein. It's called Frankenstein. There's a lot of things called Frankenstein in this movie. Yeah, that's something that I was just going to point out, too. Really, this thing is packed with Frankensteins. What are the things called Frankenstein in this movie? Let's let's run that down. The town. Uh-huh. The last name. Mm-hmm. Of uh, Baron Wolf von Frankenstein. Uh-huh. Played by Basil Rathbone, absolute legend. His wife and son, of course, have the name Frankenstein. What else? The monster. Uh Uh-huh. And that's actually a joke in the movie, like, where he complains. He goes, ah, you know, my dad, he made this monster, and it was a mistake. We can all admit it's a mistake. But now, my name, the Frankenstein name, has become synonymous with this monster, so that people call it Frankenstein. So, yeah, in this movie... It is official that in the Universal Monster franchise, the monster itself is called Frankenstein. Yeah. So what else, though? I don't remember. There's also the ghost they talk about. What ghost? Burgermeister Krug tells him about a ghost that people think is haunting the town that's killing people. The one that's like hitting them on the back of the head. And they call the ghost Frankenstein. And there's also Castle Frankenstein. So you've got 
the town, you've got the Frankenstein family, you've got Castle Frankenstein, you've got the monster Frankenstein, and you've got the ghost Frankenstein. <laughs> Five things called Frankenstein. That's that's a lot of, like, Frankenstein for your buck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, they go into the castle Frankenstein, mm-hmm. but first they go into the town and the... Burgermeister? Is that what you're looking for? No, the chief... Sheriff? The know. Burgermeister. The guy yeah. with the, the fake arm. No, the dude that gives them, like, the box. The guy that gives them the box? The box with the key to open it. Oh, I thought that was the Burgermeister, but I don't know. This guy gives him a present in, like, a box. Inside the present is a key that opens the box. Okay, yeah, to the papers that Son of Frankenstein was left by his father. And all those papers contain what? The things to make Frankenstein. Or the monster Frankenstein, because there's a lot of things called Frankenstein. I'll just say that. Yeah. The monster Frankenstein. It gets real confusing, and we'll probably have to qualify a lot of what we say numerous times. So, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to reference all of those. Reference? Renfield? No. (laughs) Dwight Fry? He's not in this one. Renfield. <laughs> I can't say it now. Reference. Thank you. There you go. So they go into Frankenstein, the castle Frankenstein. Then he reads the papers. Then he goes into the lab of Frankenstein. Sure, sure. The lab. Frankenstein. Are we gonna go step by step through this thing? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I thought we could talk about the general plot and then maybe talk about the things that we're interested in, the things that we like, right? But yeah, it's important to note that this is about the son of Frankenstein inheriting his father's legacy, including the castle, including all of the, you know, trauma that he imparted to the town of Frankenstein and the locals there who hate them, right? Like, that's the setup. And we wonder at the beginning... Is Wolf going to follow in his father's footsteps, or is he going to try to clean up the Frankenstein name? Uh Uh-huh. So, the inspector, or the Burgermeister, he got his arm ripped off by Frankenstein. Mm Mm-hmm. So, he has a fake arm. The (laughs) monster. The monster, Frankenstein. And he just comes in, but then he warns the guy, Frankenstein. Mm. Wolf. Wolf, Frankenstein. Uh, let's just. I'm you just can call gonna, him Wolf. Yeah, he warns Wolf, but then he's like, "Why should I change our last name to Smith?" But the inspector says that wouldn't change. It wouldn't change at all. Why wouldn't it change anything? Because it's his father's idea, so it will never change what his father did. Exactly, exactly. See, already I hope you're seeing some connections here that you can make for the uh, Scream themes later on, Uh right? So he can't change what his father did, and he can't change his father's legacy, but does he do anything to create his own legacy here? Do you see Wolf doing anything to set himself apart from his father? Uh, He's not trying to, actually. Okay. trying to. What's he trying to do instead? He's trying... All he's doing is just trying to get Frankenstein out of being sick. The monster. 
the monster, Frankie. Yeah, this is one time where I think calling the monster the monster will be very useful. But you're right. No, he's trying to bring the monster back. He's not any different from his dad at all. Well, he's not trying to bring it back. He's just trying to bring it back from being sick. Yeah. But even still, like, he says at some point in the movie that his duty as a man would be to destroy the monster. You know, as a human being, as a person with a moral code, he should kill the monster. Only he's not because he's inherited his father's scientific mind. You know, Uh this need to take this experiment as far as it can be taken, which isn't helped by his association with which character? Igor or Igor. (laughs) They say Igor. Yeah, Igor. Igor. You're thinking Igor from Young Frankenstein. Did you notice any similarities between this and Young Frankenstein? No. No. That's weird because this is the movie that basically Young Frankenstein is most adapted from. Because you have in that the Kenneth Mars character. He's also got the, the fake arm just like Krug does. And Gene Wilder's character is coming to inherit, you know, this family legacy. But, you know, he doesn't want to be like the others in his family. He doesn't want to be associated with the negative stigma surrounding the Frankenstein name. So he calls himself Frankenstein. Remember, there's the playing of the music to lure the beast in. All of that stuff really comes from this movie. So, yeah, this is really the basis for young Frankenstein. But it's been a while since you've seen Young Frankenstein. Yeah. I don't think you've watched it since we did it for the show? No. Which would have been about three years ago? Yeah, since I saw, like, Young Frankenstein. What's Young Frankenstein? Since I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. I I forgot it was even a thing. Well, I mean, you remembered Igor, at least. (laughs) So there's that. I keep thinking Igor is called Igor. I don't know why. Well, that's a joke in the movie where... Um, Frankenstein introduces himself as Frankenstein, and so Igor introduces himself as Igor. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You get it. We'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, you loved that when we watched it last. Yeah, but Igor is a bad guy. Yeah, this in this he's a bad guy. This is the first appearance of Igor, actually. There's a common misconception that Igor was around for the entire storyline of the Universal movies, but he wasn't. It was a totally different helper in the first movie. The assistant to Frankenstein was named Fritz, if I remember correctly, in the original James Whale Frankenstein, played by Dwight Fry, who also played Renfield in Dracula. Oh. Who plays Igor, though? Bella Lugosi, I think? Yes, Bella Lugosi. Mm -hmm. And who plays the monster? Duh. Can't think of it right now for no reason. Oh gosh, Boris Karloff. Yeah, gotta remember that. Yep. So Boris Karloff is returning as the monster. Uh, he actually, and you wouldn't remember this because it's been way too long since you saw Bride of Frankenstein. But he actually talked. The monster talked in Bride of Frankenstein. He doesn't talk here. Oh, I didn't know that he talked. In Bride of Frankenstein. It's been a long time since you've seen it. Why doesn't he talk here? Because he's sick. He's sick. Yeah, he got struck by lightning, we're told. Jeepers. Yeah, you'd think that would help him. 
<laughs> in a way, yeah, you, you might think it would, because that's kind of the answer as well. Except, no, there's the whole thing that uh, Wolf von Frankenstein talks about, where he realizes that his father's experiment was not facilitated by electricity, but instead by cosmic rays. That create humanity. Yeah, that life comes from cosmic rays. Yeah. So I guess getting struck by lightning wouldn't help him because that's not really what created him in the first place? No. In a lot of the Frankenstein movies, it's actually lightning. Yeah, yeah. Or it's lightning and oftentimes a combination of lightning and like a serum of some kind. You know, like they'll have like a something that they inject into the body that's got you know science fluid or whatever i don't i don't know what's what's in it but some kind of magical science fluid yeah they just inject straight science into the veins yeah so he got struck by lightning so he can't talk now all he does is like yep back to original monster form (laughs) (laughs) exactly but uh no you're right igor is not a nice guy Oh, no. we didn't mention Lionel Atwill. I, the the other major cast member worth mentioning is Lionel Atwill, who plays Krug, who's got the fake arm, which he does a ton of great work with. He's always moving the arm around, and he has to move it with his other actual working arm. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird stuff in there that then in Young Frankenstein becomes comedic material. What does that mean? Like, they use it for comedy in Young Frankenstein. They do? So, yeah. You'll, oh, man, you'll love it. We'll rewatch it. You'll love it. I tell you what. But no, Krug is really great. It's Lionel Atwell's most iconic role easily. Oh. He's been in a lot of stuff. His life story is not one that we can really get into on a family-friendly podcast, but I highly recommend you read up on that, listeners, because it's a wild story. But back to Igor. Not a nice guy. What's going on with him? The monster listens to Igor, and he says, like, go, go, go. And the and Frankenstein goes back to show, and he's like, stay. So he just stays in that spot. One of the persons just goes and looks at Igor for no reason. I don't know why. Somebody gives Igor a dirty look, spits at him. It was one of the guys who had convicted or at least sentenced Igor to be hung. Oh, so that's that's why that happened. But yes, this guy who was on the jury to hang Igor comes by, gives Igor a dirty look. Then what happens? Then Igor tells, he's like, Frankenstein looks at him and puts a fist up. And then like he goes and then he grabs him by the neck and chokes him. So he was riding like a horse. Yeah, he was on like he, a carriage. Yeah. He put one of the things and then told the horses to move, but the... Wheel goes over her his neck. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And by Frankenstein, you mean the monster. Yeah. That's important here because everything's confusing <laughs> when Since it comes to Frankenstein. almost everything's called Frankenstein. Yeah, five different Frankensteins. So the monster, yeah, does Igor's evil bidding. Yeah. And who are the people that Igor is having him kill? He's having him kill very specific people. Who are they? People of the jury. Yes. And when the movie starts, four of the six of them are dead already. Yeah. And so there's just the two left. But the problem is that the monster was out hunting, got struck by lightning, and is now sick. So they need Wolf von Frankenstein to make the monster healthy again. Yeah. So in the last one, there was only two Jerry people left? At the, yeah, at this, at the beginning of this movie, 
only two of the jury members are alive. Now, this is where that ghost stuff comes in, because four people had died mysteriously, and nobody knew why, and they blamed it on a ghost that they called Frankenstein. But that ghost was really the monster, who they also call Frankenstein, killing the other jury members at the behest of Igor. Yeah. So that was happening before the movie started, and then the movie continues that story, but with Wolf von Frankenstein hanging around. But Igor... They broke his neck, mm-hmm. and they no one can fix it, so it's almost, it's like it's hard as stone. Yeah, he's got like that big like bone chunk sticking out of the side of his neck. Yeah. It's real gross looking. It's just fake, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, it's makeup, but it's made to look like his neck was completely broken and then like solidified. Yeah, and like he coughs a lot too. Yeah, and he has that bit where he does. He starts coughing in the sort of courtroom, and then he spits in the guy's face, who he later has uh, the monster kill and throw under the the wheels of the cart. Yeah, and he has that joke about there's a bone caught in my throat. Yeah, so he coughs a lot. So he coughs and spits right in that guy's face. <laughs> you know what he should do? What? He shouldn't be a grossy. He should. Bella Lugosi. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that, listeners, in case uh, you've never heard this, is how we taught Alistair to sneeze into his elbow rather than his hands. Because people who sneeze into their hands, they're... Grossies. Grossies. <laughs> and you want to be a Bella Lugosi. Yeah. <laughs> sneeze into your elbow, right? Like in Plan 9 from Outer Space, which Alistair also doesn't seem to remember as of late. Why do they do that? Well, that's because he takes the cape and he puts it up in front of his face. So he has his elbow right up in front of his nose and mouth. So we showed you plan nine when you were really little and then used that to teach you how to sneeze into your elbow instead of into your hands or into the air. Right. Don't be a grossy. Bella Lugosi. You got it. Mm-hmm. So should we go to then? I don't care. Wherever you want to go, man. So Whatever we'll- you're interested in. I like that Wolf, since the investigator says he doesn't like Igor, so Wolf goes and shoots Igor three times? Dude, yeah, he blows him away. Igor tries to throw a hammer at his head, though. Yeah, but he dodges it, and then he shoots him three times in the heart. Mm-hmm, and of course, then they found earlier that the monster had been shot in the heart, right? So it's kind of like... I don't know, maybe sort of an echo of that, I guess. I don't know. Actually, shooting them in the heart is way better. Well, I mean, that'll you shoot somebody in the heart and then they're done. Yeah. yeah. Either way, if you shoot them, you're still dead. Even if you shoot them in the arm, they're dead. No, I mean, you can't. You could die from being shot in the arm, but you're less likely to die from being shot in the arm. It will hurt a lot and you could still die, but you could live through being shot in the arm. You could live through being shot in the heart. You can be shot in the head and live. It's just unlikely in those very specific places. Yeah, since ER got shot three times in the heart, so definitely you would die from that. You want to know a bit of a spoiler? What? He comes back anyway. What? Whoa. In a movie you've seen like three or four times, so. Like what? <laughs> You'll remember the movie when you see it. What was it? Um, I think the next one is Ghost of Frankenstein. Yeah, that's on the set. I don't remember. Well, yeah, yeah, we have all the movies. We have all those Universal Monster movies. But yeah, I believe it's Ghost of Frankenstein that yeah, since Igor he does comes back. Get thrown into like like lava or acid. 
the uh, the sulfur underneath the place. What's sulfur? Where, remember there was the sulfur springs underneath the laboratory, that bubbling yeah. stuff, right? And, and it, it basically, and it yeah, it's like an acid. It's an acidic substance. And so they chuck the monster down in there at the end. He swings on a rope and kicks him in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basil Rathbone like swings on that rope and like. And kicks him in the head. And well, he like backflips, I think. Yeah, he goes tumbling into the sulfur. But what's amazing is in that moment. The monster's fighting Krug. What does he do to Krug? What? Rips his fake arm off, right? Yeah, so, like, he does. Krug had his arm ripped. How does he put it? He said. Ripped off by the roots. Yeah, torn, that his arm was torn out by the roots when he was a child, right? And so he's got the fake arm. And then the monster pulls his arm off, starts swinging it around. He's got Wolf von Frankenstein's kid on the ground and is going to squash him with his giant monster foot. And so then out, like, out of the sky comes Basil Rathbone like Tarzan, right? <laughs> and then swinging and kicks him in the face and he like backflips. Yeah, right off the ledge down into the sulfur pit. Yep, that's funny. Holy cow. Yeah, that was an epic kill. Epic, epic kill, kill indeed. Is there anything else? After, like, Ghost of Frankenstein? Yeah, there's, is... a, there's a bunch, dude. There's Ghost of Frankenstein. There's um, House of Frankenstein. Is there... Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is also later. So, yeah, there's still a bunch of other Frankenstein stuff that comes up. Oh, so Frankenstein turns from a ghost into back to a regular... Back into a house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dad, he turns it back into Frankenstein. <laughs> no, not a house, Dad. Yep, Ghost of Frankenstein, House of Frankenstein. <laughs> and then when he's a, and then when he's a house, he meets the Wolfman, and then the Wolfman moves in, and they become like roommates. <laughs> you know, Dad, no, he doesn't turn into a house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to see of, that one. No, it's House of Frankenstein. So Frankenstein's in the house. Oh, I not see. Yeah. The house. You're right. You're right. You've got those prepositions all in order. Of. But yes, there was. House of Frankenstein. Ooh. Okay, here's the order You had Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein as the third one, Ghost of Frankenstein, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, House of Frankenstein. Then House of Dracula, then Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Why is there House of Dracula? House of Dracula is another one where it's all of the monsters kind of coming together, right? Where it's got, oh. you know, the Frankenstein monster, Dracula, Wolfman. It's got um, a hunchback in it. That's the one actually, oh, I like that one actually, because that one's got the, the lady hunchback. I don't remember her name, but I like that one a lot because I thought she was pretty great. But John Carradine, I believe, plays Dracula in that one. So oh. there you go. And John Carradine, we recently saw in what was that called? The Invisible Invaders or whatever. Yeah. He was that dead body in the one scene. They could only afford John Carradine for like a day. What dead body? Remember the dead body that the Invisible Invader possesses and comes in and tells the scientist, we're going to invade your planet. You've got 24 hours or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's John Carradine. Why could they only afford him for a day? Well, that's usually what you assume. If you got um, an actor who shows up in one scene in a movie, and they're like the biggest name in the movie, 
they could really only afford to pay them to be there for like a day or two. Why? Because that happens, man. You don't have much money to make a movie. You do what you can. Yeah. You know? Invisible Invaders was still a pretty good movie. I it was do fun. recommend watching it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we probably won't do a full episode on it ever, but yeah, I mean, as a capsule review, Invisible Invaders was a really good time. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's an alien invasion movie. It's a zombie movie. Yeah, the aliens look like fishmen. It's got John Agar in it, I believe. Who's John Agar? From Mole People. Oh, who was he? He was the main guy in Mole People. Oh. And he was the soldier in Invisible Invaders. Soldier? What soldier? The soldier, like the guy who goes off and fights the monsters. Oh, yeah. He puts on the suit and he starts spraying them and shooting them. With? I don't remember. That's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. We're here to talk about not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're here to talk about Son of Frankenstein. Anything else you wanted to highlight about Son of Frankenstein that you found interesting or worth discussion? No. Okay, so you want to move into the segment? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, beastly best, man. Hmm. Dad, can you go first this time? Oh, sure. I can go first. It's probably for me, I mean, there's a, oh, actually I'm torn. I'm torn because there's two that I think are pretty great. There's the scene where the monster swings down from the tree and grabs the guy off the cart by his throat. That's really cool. But when the monster wrecks the Frankenstein lab and starts throwing everything into the sulfur pit and it's exploding, I appreciate a really good room wreck scene. And he wrecks that room. That's pretty amazing. Oh, but then he rips. Oh, man. See, no, there's so much that's cool here. Now I'm getting now I'm thinking about maybe it's the end. Maybe it's when he rips Krug's arm off again and starts swinging the arm around and he's going to squash the kid under his foot. There's too many. Like that's I guess that's really where I'm landing here is there's too much cool monster stuff because it's universal. This is the one that really inspired young Frankenstein most of all. So there's a lot of great stuff going on. Oh, all right, here it is. Final answer. It's when he's swinging around Krug's ripped off arm for the second time and going to squash the kid with his boot. There you go. Okay. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Basil Rathbone kicks him and he goes flying to his explosive death. Also, I have two. You have that two I'm as like, well. Ugh. All right, what are you Mine two? is also Wolf kicking him into the pit when he backflips into the salt. In sulfur. Sulfur. Yeah. That's really rad. I also like when he swings in the tree and grabs him by the neck and mm-hmm. then rolls his rolls the cart over his neck. Yeah, yeah. I'm confused by which of them. You're confused by it? Well, let's just say the movie is that cool. Yeah, the movie's so cool that we don't have a Beastly Best. There's, yeah, it's all Beastly Best, basically. Yeah. Anyway, do you know what time it is? It's time to get spooked. Woo! <laughs> all right. What's spooky here? Hmm. I don't really know, actually. It's not a terribly spooky movie, I suppose. I mean, when he's going to kill that kid, that's kind of spooky. You know, but it's like 1939 spooky. I don't know that we were particularly spooked by this movie at all. No. We just had a lot of fun. Since we don't get spooked by a lot of movies... I mean, but we can recognize when something's spooky. You know what I mean? We can watch like something and go... it's supposed to be spooky. Yeah, or it would be spooky if we didn't watch so many monster movies or if you were younger or something like that. Yeah. 
But I can see like a little, little kid being spooked out by a lot of it, especially because the monster is, you know, grunting and killing people. Especially when he rolls the card over someone's neck. And if someone would get scared when they probably hear he's got bullets in his heart. Oh, yeah. Good call. And it's generally a really great atmospheric movie. The way it's shot is really beautiful. And this is a movie that when I was in film school, we studied in a class that I took called Studio Cinematography in the 1930s or something like that. We spent an entire day just looking at Son of Frankenstein and this studio cinematography because it's basically shot like a German expressionist movie. So it's got like those crazy sets where they've got all the weird angles and it's got all the big shadows and stuff, you know, but you know that staircase you yeah. know, this, like how it's like crooked and it's built really strangely, not like a normal staircase. That's really like this German technique, you know. Um, do you remember Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? No. Hmm. It's been a long time for that one, too. We'll have to rewatch that. I'll show you what I mean with uh, German expressionism, because that really clearly inspired the way this movie was shot. But there's a lot of really haunting, like big open halls and stuff you know when they eat their dinner there are those gargoyle heads like leaning over the top of them so it's this beautifully shot really well framed uh, movie with these bizarre expressionistic sets so it's set up to be spooky you know it's got a spooky tone through the whole thing that makes little things like you're talking about with the bullets in the heart and the swinging out of a tree and killing a guy makes all those that much spookier. Oh, and some people would get, like, little kids would get scared when he rips his arm off, then starts swinging. Since you can see, like, little pieces sticking out. That's yeah, really... of course, it's a fake arm. So, I mean, it's not as bad as if he ripped off a real arm and it's, like, slinging blood and stuff. But you're right. I mean, when he rips his arm off, that's a pretty shocking moment. Yeah. Since you wouldn't know, like, oh, he already ripped his arm off. He wouldn't rip it again. Wrong. He ripped it again and started swinging it. Yeah. But. Hardcore. I, yeah. He drops it. He dropped Frankenstein in, but the arm drops in, I think. I don't know. I mean, he gets a new one. Krug has a new arm at the end. He does? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a new arm. I mean, it's a fake arm. So, like. Just get a new fake arm. Yeah. Anyway, scream themes. Let's talk about what this movie is really about. What's it saying? You talked about something earlier that I think there may be a message there about legacy. Yeah, you know, like that there's walking in people, walking in your mom or dad's like footsteps. Mostly. Yeah. And is that something that the movie supports or is against? I think it's like supporting it and against it. Okay, in what ways? He's against it because his father didn't make it right. He wants to make it right. Mm. But then he's like, since his father was doing something wrong, he should try to make it better. But he doesn't necessarily. No. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. So then what is the movie then saying about following in someone's footsteps? What's the message here? That if you do then sometimes it will go wrong, and it's not for you. It's for somebody else, not for you. Okay, go so Go and like, do your own thing like that. Okay, okay, good, good. I like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Be careful if you're following in someone's footsteps because you might repeat their mistakes. Yeah. You have to do things right. And when you follow in somebody's footsteps, you run the risk of doing the wrong thing, of repeating the past. Yeah. And like if somebody did something wrong and you want to make it right, be careful since you might also do their mistake. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. Wolf messes up big time. And that's why the end of the movie, it's spoilers, of course, for everything we talk about. But the end of the movie is Wolf and his family leaving. Like, they give the castle and everything to the town. And they're like, we messed up enough. We're out of here. Sorry. Bye bye <laughs> And they're gone. You know, because he realizes that being there, he's just making the same mistakes his dad did. Yeah. So he's going his own way, basically. Yeah. It's like going his own way. And that's that's a good lesson to learn, you know? Yeah, go your own way. Don't keep going in the same path. Exactly. Take so, a different one. You know, or the one that's right for you. The yeah. one that you know in your heart is right. You know, yeah. when you grow up, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to decide what you're going to do with your life. And if you just go, you know, I'm going to do what my dad did because, like, he did that. And uh, that seemed to work for him. There's a chance that you also won't be happy either. Like, you know, not that I've done things to result in people's deaths or whatever, but, you know, teaching and writing movies and stuff may not be what makes you happy. You know, you got to do what makes the world a better place in what you can do. So, there's yeah, there's a lot to take away from this movie in terms of positive messages. I like that, Al. Good job. Thanks. So I guess that's it. For Son of Frankenstein, from here, you want to, if you're keeping up with this whole Universal sequel sequel sequel-a-thon, and I highly recommend that you do, you want to move on next week to listen to Paranormal Pativity's review of The Mummy's Tomb, and then the final week is the week after that with the Back in Time podcast covering Son of Dracula. So we've got Son of Frankenstein, you got Son of Dracula there. So check those out. Um, one thing that we wanted to do here is we got a new review in of our show that Alistair is going to read for you guys. This is from Stitcher. Alistair, you want to read that? Yep. Five out of five stars. In a wary world, it becomes easy to tell. I think wary. Wary. Or, hold in- on, I can't see it. <laughs> How about you read yes, it? Yes, no, 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 you got it. In a wary world. Internet trolling in the worries of the world weigh you down. This show is a perfect tonic for that. This father-son team explore monster movies with a shared passion, charm, and wit. Proceeds go toward the young man's college fund and the warm relationships between those two will restore your faith in humanity. Even if you hate monster movies, listening to this will ensure, ensure your life. Enrich. Enrich Enrich your life. Pretty good. A lot of big words in there for you, but you handled it well. Listening to this will enrich your life. I like that. That's nice. Um, The (laughs) the title of that review was Parenting Done Right, and that review comes to us from Potaholic. Thank you for that review. We appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know. I feel pretty good about that one. Yeah, me too. A lot. Yeah. So you can support the show, of course, by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to us. Uh, let us know if it's not on iTunes. That's the one that I, 
iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever. That's the one that I have always pulled up on our computer so that I can keep an eye on if there are any new ones there. But let me know if you post elsewhere and we'll have Al read it out on the show. And that helps us get noticed and, you know, uh, helps promote the show. You can also support the show, of course, by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash word salad. Yep. As little as a dollar a month gets you access to all of the exclusive stuff we do there. We have a lot of exclusive podcasts. I host one that is a Patreon exclusive called Cinemuck. Al's going to be doing an episode of that with me for October. We're also going to, in addition to the stuff that we do on Cadavercast in October, have other Halloween stuff going on on Patreon for October. So that's really a big time. But I've been doing Cinemuck monthly. We are also doing a new type of podcast. Yeah. Called Not So Creepy Critters. That will be a Patreon exclusive as well. Alistair is interested in creatures that aren't just monsters. And so we're going to do an animal show that is a Patreon exclusive provided Alistair keeps up his research. He's doing some great research mm-hmm. right now. And we're going to turn that into a show. We've got new episodes of Cinemuck. We've got new episodes of stuff from Word Salad Radio that are all Patreon exclusive. So... Uh, head over there, get access to that exclusive content. But from our perspective, that is useful to us because the money that we pull in from there goes into Alistair's college fund. In addition to, you know, giving you all of this other content, you know, you then get to feel good for helping Alistair go on to study more about animals or whatever it is he decides to do, probably not following in my footsteps. Mm-hmm. Take my own path. <laughs> Take your own path. That's what people do. So, patreon.com slash word salad. Uh, in terms of social media, follow us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. On Instagram, you can find us at cadavercast. And you can follow us on Facebook at the cadavercast critters and creeps club. Join the club. Yep. And then, uh, if you need to send us an email with, you know, longer thoughts or questions or whatever, hit us up at cadavercast at gmail.com. But I think that covers everything that we're doing, everything that you can do with us. But uh, we look forward to going through the fall with you guys listening because we've got some very big things planned, especially for the month of October. Stay tuned. It's going to be a Halloween season for the ages. Alistair, have you anything else to add? No. All right. Why don't you sign us out? You've been listening to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks, everybody. We love you.